kill you with truth with Chad Brown. Chad Brown. Chad Brown. That's the Pat McAfee impersonation. Uh, no Nate today. He's off for, uh, as uh, Joe Williams would say, uh, on assignment, uh, which was always code for, uh, I don't know where he is. But uh, Chad's here, and that is good enough for me. Chad, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Doing super wicked awesome. Happy uh, to you. I had I was at the uh, the gala last night with the Avalanche and the uh, and the Nuggets and the Cronky Sports. Big. I mean, there's it's it's a weird it's a weird night last night. Chad, no Avs, no Nuggets, no Rockies, no Broncos stuff. I mean, yesterday was a weird day, right? I mean, what are we just, going to talk about? I mean, it says, well, hold the mayo. <laughs> but up bum bum. That is exactly the headline I would write if I was in the Boston Globe today because they held on to uh, Gerard Mayo, who everybody has the uh, um, you know great things to say about young guy to be a head coach, 37. I think it makes him on, on the 48 hours that saw some of the oldest coaches Carol, Saban, and Belichick all get the Ziggy, basically. You get the youngest NFL coach. How about that? Um, what is your relationship with uh, Mayo, if any? I, I I always assume you kind of run into these guys one way or the other through your journeys. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of ties to Gerard. Obviously, you know, he was a Patriots uh, linebacker not after I was there. So I've got, a you know, a... a relationship where i can say what's up to him but uh we don't exchange christmas cards um nor do i know him in any detailed way to be able to break down who he is as a coach and what this is going to mean for the patriots moving into the future well i think you know what we've seen with the texans with uh D'Amico, it's been unbelievable so i think i think that's the hope right um Oh my God! Am I getting his name wrong in Houston? I feel like. Help me here. I'm. I, Tamiko I am, Ryan's. No, I got it right. Right, Tamiko Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is there something to be said for smart, younger African American head coaches that connects better with NFL players? We're seeing the success in uh, Houston. I think we saw an unbelievable amount of success with um, with the Raiders. Is there something to it? Are these owners catching on like, hey, man, in order to get these guys going, it's better to have somebody that they can identify with more than somebody who's old and out of touch? I just think NFL hiring cycle is just going waves. So apparently now is the wave of, well, we'll see what happens with Antonio Pierce if he gets the Raiders job or if he gets another's job. I think that would make it official that there is now three African-American coaches. Um, and it'd be interesting because all three of them would be linebackers as well. That's so, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. three defensive guys yeah. who all have a bit of swagger to them or all young enough to be relatable to the players. That'd be quite interesting. But we just left the wave of if you had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan, that you suddenly deserve a head coaching job. That was the last wave. They were all offensive okay. guys. They were all young. They were all white. Um, and now they're all scattered around the league. And a lot of them are going to be in the playoffs. So could this be the next wave? I think we'll find out. I think it's less likely that this is the next wave. There's not that many former linebackers 
who are African American who are even going to be getting these opportunities. Okay. So the uh, the Matt Lafleur's, the Mike McDaniel's, the Kyle Shanahan's, all those kind of guys, the uh, Kevin Stefanski's, all those kind of guys. Uh, I think that, that that tree has been tapped out. Now this is a new tree, and it's going to be not a very big tree because there's only a couple of these guys. It does make me wonder, like, where does he, where do these older guys fit? Seriously, like there are always younger guys. There are, and um, and more and more, they're uh, you know, black coaches for sure, which is good. Um, I don't know. I, I I think there's been more opportunity given Chad. And because there's more opportunity, the cream rises to the top. Or in this case, the mayo. I can use those <laughs> mayo fun jokes all day. Fun, fun. But but we're we're familiar with mayo because he was in this coaching sort of carousel. Um he's for the past couple of years. So even at a younger age, it's still at 37, he's young. But I mean, he was in the mix for the Broncos. I mean, he was one of the guys talked about. And it was one of those where like, huh? What? Like, are you, who? You know, that sort of deal. But there's got to be something about this guy behind the scenes that look how quickly they moved. And actually, I don't even know how that works, Chad. Wouldn't the Patriots have to go through a whole process of interviews? I How could they make this move so quickly? Because he's already on staff. He's already there. Um, because he's African-American, it satisfies the Rooney rule. So they can move as quickly as they want based on those parameters. But time out. You don't because the Rooney rule is two minority candidates. So you can you can blow past that if you just hire a minority candidate from within. Correct. Is I is that right? I did not know Absolutely that. Absolutely correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, then I would assume. I would assume. I mean, there's still seven more openings, right? Theoretically, twenty five percent of the league had God. openings as of yesterday. Twenty five percent. All right. What do you think about Pierce? You think he gets that job? Uh, I, I think the fact that Davis is going to, you know, look at all the possibilities um, and the fact that Harbaugh has hired an NFL agent um, makes me think that uh, he's at least going to get the opportunity there. And if you're if you're the owner in Las Vegas, are you going to go with Antonio Pierce, who, you know, while he's cool and has cool locker room moments and the cigar and all that, are you going to go with the guy who just won a national championship? Um, and who's proven himself at multiple places and multiple stops and multiple levels. Um, so I think Antonio certainly deserves the opportunity at the same time. Uh, you know, if, if I'm an owner, I've got to look definitely at Harbaugh. I've got to look at Mike Vrabel. I've got to look at Bill Belichick. There's too many talented guys who are just available right now for me to make a move in that direction without having a bigger snapshot of who Antonio Pierce is. You know, it feels like this is the uh, time of the year, Chad. And this guy, you know, very, very well. Um, why not Eric Bieniemy? He did go to Washington to get more of a like, hey, it's my team, not um, Andy Reid's team. And they did not have a great year. Where do you think uh, the NFL world is with uh, Bieniemy these days? Because I don't know if he's going to survive in Washington either, right? I mean, they're going to hire a new head coach. No guarantees yep. he sticks sticks around as their offense coordinator. Or, or timeout, does he have a shot at the head coaching job? You know, I mean, Chad, what's the deal with the enemy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, he certainly has cooled off as a hot coaching candidate. I think Eric still presents a, a quality coach 
resume, a quality coach uh, demeanor and background. Um, and he's a lot like Antonio Pearson, a lot like D'Amico Ryans, um, a bit older, but yeah. still quite relatable to the players. Uh, still, I, I think a coach who recognizes uh, and understands how that relationship is critically important. Everywhere he's gone, players have defended him and his style yep. and his connection to them and what he has meant to their career. So I think an ownership group would do a, would do themselves a service by at least having him in for the interview, um, if not a serious consideration for the head coaching opportunity. Do you think it'll happen for him this cycle or not? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I, 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 do, think I think, he, do you think he keeps his job with Washington or is, is he out on the street trying to get another job? I think he's going to be out on the street trying to get another job. I think whoever comes in as a head coach probably has their own guy. And I have been involved is maybe not the right word, but so often when a coach goes to interview for a position, he's got to have a list of staff already laid out. So unless that coach has already had a conversation with Eric Bieniemy, who's ever going to be interviewing for that commander's job, uh, he's already got an offensive coordinator in in mind. Um, I, I've reached out to some friends who were interviewing for some jobs, and they were like, oh, man, I wish I would have known. I just did the interview, and I've already listed out my linebacker coach candidates or my assistant uh, defensive analyst candidates. And so it's too late to put you in there kind of thing. I just think this is how this this works. This process has to be done well ahead of time. And unless you are super well connected around the league and you are on a bunch of coaches' possible lists and resumes, it can get a little difficult. And at the end of the day, there's only so many chairs available, musical chairs. And unless you are one of the early ones, a lot of times you get left out. Yeah, well, let's turn to you then because it is an interesting process. Again, I love Canada. You've had four coaching internships let me see if i can even remember i know uh the niners for sure yep um you almost just said one you, it was with the i team. know tennessee the, tennessee yeah well oh, she's i am forgetting the other two help me out here seattle, seattle, seattle. i got seattle and what was the last New york one? jets i was with todd bowles and kevin green i definitely would have forgotten that one but um so four different coaching internships four yeah four mm-hmm Come on, Chad. What's going on, bro? I like where where's that fast path for you? Linebacker coach, head coach, you know. Okay, well, so what, what's your life like these days? The I did the coaching internship with San Francisco and I did the 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 OTAs process. I was out there for six weeks during the offseason and I was going to go back for training camp. And the 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 sleds were beginning to be greased. Unfortunately, I had a breakup with my business partner. Um, so I had to handle that. And that has put a massive pause upon any coaching possibilities uh, that I had. So uh, I'm looking this year to possibly dive back in okay. and, and see where that's at, at least for training camp, and get that ball rolling again. There's just too much opportunity. There's just too much possibility for, for uh, quick uh, promotions and continued uh, gaining responsibility. Um, the money is absolutely bananas. So I think I would be silly not to at least investigate these opportunities. And now there's multiple paths to this as well. Mm -hmm. Just because I did the coaching internships, I did them with two different position groups. I did them with linebackers twice, and I did them with the defensive line twice. There's also the personnel responsibilities as well. To be a front office person, to be a scout slash GM, there's also a ever-growing path there for former players. 
So uh, we shall see how this whole thing plays out. Um, but I am certainly interested in uh, not just dipping my toe back in the water, but getting back in in some way. Yeah, you know what's funny is like, oh, I'd like to be a coach. Well, how do you do it? I mean, is it a, a want, ads, you know, wanted ads? Like, uh, am I filling out a resume on on Indeed? I mean, uh, I, I, I just assume, Chad, it's who you know. Like, how else, how else does this stuff work? Well, there, there is the Bill Walsh uh, Minority Coaching Program, which was created by Walsh, Bill Walsh to allow more, essentially more former players or minority coaches from college to get the opportunity to get into the NFL. So every team typically has at least one guy who's a part of that program during training camp. Um, so that's an opportunity if you maybe if you don't have the kind of connections that I have to get your foot in the door the very first year with the Seahawks. I went through that process with the NFL, NFLPA, and I had to fill out a resume and, and list all my, you know, uh, attributes and all that. So that's what got me into the Seattle Seahawks, that very first coaching opportunity. Um, but at this point, uh, the ability to call some friends and make some connections and say, hey, you know, yeah. here's what I've done in the past. You can talk to these coaches. Here's the four times I did it. This is what I was able to add to those programs. Would you be open to me coming in for training camp this year? Uh, and the answer, I imagine, would be I probably get a couple of no's, but I'm sure there would be a yes or two in there. And yeah. I'd have to evaluate those opportunities, see which one's the best fit for me. It's fun, though. I mean, you're at the right time of your life, right? The kids are out of the house. You know, you've uh, you got your business stuff. You got to figure out, get down. But overall, man, you're healthy. You're you're you have as much energy. You're as in good shape. Your brain is clicking on all cylinders. I mean. I really can't think of a better time in your life to actually do it. <laughs> well, there was a reason why I didn't do it right after I retired because right. I dragged my kids around. Right. I mean, right. my daughter wasn't born until year four, but I played 15 years. I dragged my kids around for 11 years. Right. You know, right. moving back and forth to Colorado to where we were during the season, changing schools every semester. I did all of that. So I said, let me just have some stability for my kids to grow up and go to school in the same place for quite a while until they left for, until they left for college. And that's when I started dipping my toe back in. Now, again, I got a little bit off track over the last couple of years, but I'm looking to get back in in some significant way sooner than later. Why do you love football so much? Wow. What is, what is it? It's something that gets into your blood that never, ever, ever goes away. I, first you, I don't know many people who love football as much as you do, Chad. Seriously. If anybody's I started playing watching, when I was six. Can you think crazy. of something you started doing when you were six that you have not stopped since then? I mean, your ability to talk into a microphone is is – <laughs> <laughs> While it's a certainly a passion, and I imagine there's a certain natural skill set to it, this is something that you have honed over the years. And if I'd imagine if you were to go on a two-week vacation, I hate it. You would be jonesing I, I after, just, after I, the first four or five days. It's like, where is a, a microphone to talk into? This is what I do. Well, now it's now because this is so easy. I'm screwed. I, I mean, you know, I'm I I I really would be just talking into the wind. But but you're right. And by the way, um, I my passion for baseball is at my age, um, and we're roughly the same age. Um, is still right there too. That's something I I had my own organization for a while, and I coached a lot. But I just had to put that on pause, um, for life reasons. And I I look forward to get ba back getting back into that. I need my younger son to finish his full cycle wherever it's going to go and he's just not done yet i mean he's 21 and he's still not done yet and a lot of parents with their kids that they, they are done by the time their kids are 21 with that sports like not only is he not done yet he, he, he likely has another year 
if not more, we'll see where it goes if he tries to give it a go on some other level after college. But uh, but I definitely, like Chad, I, I feel myself maybe, and I'm, I'm, I have no no aspirations of the professional level like you do, but but get back into um, youth coaching and, and that sort of thing. I guess it just never leaves you. If it's no, really in your soul, it, it just does. never leaves you, right? Absolutely. It never leaves you. It's in your blood. It's in your soul. And then I think you get to a point where you realize, I could be good at this. I am at a oh, stage yeah. in life where I can nurture someone. Because in the end, that's what coaching is. It's, it's, it's teaching and nurturing someone along. And we're taking these boys in some way. Because initially I thought, oh, I don't want to do uh, the NFL. I'd rather you know work with these college kids and turn these boys into men. Well, having done four coaching internships, when most of these guys show up as rookies, they're still boys. <laughs> they're still boys, and they still need a ton of guidance, and they still need a ton of advice, whether it's financial, whether it's relationships, whether it's football, how to handle being a pro. There's so much to to do as a coach and bring these young fellows along. Um, yeah, if that, that inner need that I've had – to coach and bring somebody along would still be just as satisfied that itch will still be just as scratched in the NFL as it would be in college football. Well, we, we, even if you were coaching in the NFL, we'd still, we'd be doing this every morning though. Right. We absolutely. I would, I would, I would leave the staff meeting and go, hold up. I've got to do kill you with truth. Give me 25 minutes to get with D Mac. I'll be back. <laughs> hey, uh, Hey, uh, I don't know. Give me a team. Uh, Mike Tomlin, back, you're back with the Steelers. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, hang on. D-Max on his ping pong table. Give me 20 minutes. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go through the games this weekend. Cleveland at Houston. Who you got? Man, uh, well, last time these two All right, how about got- this? How about this? Who you got, who you want. Okay, two different okay. things. Cleveland at Houston, who you got, who you want. Well, Cleveland beat the, the Texans last time these two teams got together, but C.J. Stroud was not under center for the Texans. Um, but I, I think this Joe Flacco effect, winning four of his five starts, um, barely losing the, the one start that he lost, I think that propels Cleveland. They're, they got a better defense. I think the D'Amico, Ryan, C.J. Stroud story is incredible, but there's just so much inexperience over there. Uh, I think it's hard to imagine Cleveland not with, hard to imagine Cleveland not coming out with the victory in this one. Uh, is that what you want? Um, I want the Texans to win, but I think Cleveland will win. I want the Texans to win, and I got the Texans winning. That Joe Flacco thing can't be real. It can't be real. I won't allow it to be real. What? And the story of, of the Texans is just too damn good. Too damn good. Up yours, Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. You lose. We move on. This Man, I feel I feel a little bad for Mike McDaniel. A little bad. Uh, Miami at Kansas City. And have you seen what the weather's supposed to be like in our, you know, Colorado, Kansas City region for the next three days, Chad? Have you taken I a have. Dude. Yeah. I don't think there's another team that is as poorly equipped to play in this weather game as the Miami Dolphins. Terrible for them. Terrible for them. Yeah, um, I feel I feel awful. I I want Miami. I've 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 loved watching Hard Knocks. I think Mike McDaniel's great. I think he made a serious mistake by leaving his starters in, and Bradley Chubb got hurt. Um, and Waddles is Waddle kind of hurt too. He's kind of banged up, and they're playing in what nine degree temperatures at night. Come on, bro. I mean that sucks for how much of work they put in to have that sort of 
circumstance. How in the world does Miami win this game? I don't see a possible path forward. Your quarterback's from Hawaii. I mean, <laughs> he's got to play, play in my and you play in Miami, right. or you or you play indoors most of the time. Where where do One they the where do you practice to replicate those conditions? I, I remember at CU we were going to play Baylor the opening game of the season. So after every practice, Coach Cabral, the linebacker coach, made us go in the sauna and do up downs to feel the heat that we were going to experience in Baylor. I mean, it was corny, it was cliche, it was such a coaching move, but he was just trying to get us used to the heat we were going to experience in Baylor. What does Mike McDaniels do to get his Dolphins team to be prepared for that kind of weather? Up, up, downs in a freezer somewhere? Like, uh, and- I, 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 I don't know. I Listen, man, I had to go out this morning and go get some friggin' eye drops. So hopefully I don't have damn pink eye. Johnny, it's your fault. It's not Johnny's fault, but uh, dude, it's cold outside, man. And I'm just running to the stupid store. Like, I I know this sounds a little whiny and everything, but it's a real thing, man. Like, it just, it affects you psychologically, physically. I think there is something to the experience of being in this weather that it's just not going to bother Kansas City. It's not. It's not. And Mahomes has played great in cold weather conditions plenty of times this sucks man for miami i think it's just uh, and sometimes in kansas city or denver chad at this time of year it could be 40 degrees it could be yeah. just fine it's not not necessarily this bad and if you look at the the colts it's like three days i think in colorado it's gonna be like nine four eight you know and then 40 you know like that so that All takes right. me back to to the broncos uh ravens, ravens. game man yeah, man. I mean, I get it. There's cold weather. You know, I get it. But like that, like four degrees, dude, that's that's another level. Every weather game is determined not by the X's and O's in the schemes, but why which team can handle the weather the best, whether it's a, a win game, or whether it's a super rainy game, or it's one of these cold games. Obviously, Kansas City is used to that. They play in this these kind of conditions every year in the playoffs. Miami is not used to this. It's, it's amazing, to your point, what the cold can do. You can't cut as well. You can't tackle as well. Your ball handling is not as good. So for a team that prides itself with all the speed and yeah, precision with which right. the Dolphins offense operate, right. operates, it's going to slow all that down. It's going to muddy all that. And, it, again, there's not a team in the NFL, all 32 teams, that could be worse prepared for this game than the Miami Dolphins. I want Miami to win, but Kansas City is going to win this game. I'm right there with you. Okay, we move on to Sunday. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. That's the biggest spread of the weekend. And again, Pittsburgh, uh, listen, how they got to the playoffs this year is remarkable. And if you want to talk about coaching candidates of the year, I, I don't know how you don't mention Mike Tomlin based on everything going on that they're there. That being said, they got no shot, right? And they I'm, got no I'm, shot whatsoever. No shot. Right. No shot. I mean, they've won two or three games this year with T.J. Watt making a timely play, and T.J. Watt's out. So uh, your offense is just super pedestrian in Pittsburgh. Uh, no matter who's been under center for them, it hasn't been good enough. Josh Allen and Buffalo are surging at the right time, getting things together at the right time. Uh, I want Pittsburgh to win, but Buffalo will, will win. So it's continue, the streak continues of the team that I want to win yeah. will lose three uh, games in a row now. Well, I want the Bills to win, so up yours, up your nose with a rubber hose, as they said on Welcome Back, Connor. <laughs> but uh, I, I, Buffalo is my team the rest of the way here, okay? My Buffalo roots, my friends that I've got, 
Um, Buffalo Bills. Let's go, Bills. I am uh, a thousand percent and plus I have that little Josh Allen thing. Do you remember yeah. when I wanted Josh Allen? Yeah, I do remember that. You went to a pro day. It was the most amazing pro day ever in the history of pro days. You got in the car and you followed his family to the local watering hole there. What was the name of it? What was the name of it? I, I got the whole story, but I do not remember the name. The library, the name Didn't of the you sports take pictures bar. With his family or something? No, you're getting it a little bit twisted. You're, you're. We were there. We were set up to broadcast, and him and his family. What, there was nobody in there. It was me, Cecil, and Johnny Love. That's it. The three of us, and in, and everybody was at the pro day. ESPN, NFL Network, thirty teams. I mean, it was like packed. And then Broncos he, weren't there. John Elway wasn't there. Well, Kubiak was there, but okay. John Elway was not there. And into the restaurant comes Josh Allen uh, with his family and his throwing coach there. Uh, what's his name? Palmer, Jordan Palmer. Yep. And uh, and my greatest regret, I've told this story a million times. I should have picked up their tab. I should have yes. just gone to our waitress. It's dude, it was all it's bar food. It's like chicken fingers and you know, french fries, and it was just you know, that type of place. I mean. The whole bill couldn't have been 60 bucks for like eight people. It was like that. So I just blew it. I blew it, Chad. I blew it. I blew it. I have so many regrets for that. But yes, um, Buffalo. All right. Green Bay at Dallas. Listen, let me just start here. Of course, Dallas should win. Um, I just, I just root for chaos. So go Packers, even though I really don't give a crap about the Packers, but you know Dallas is going to choke this one away, right, Chad? I think this is a year where Dallas gets over the hump. I really oh, do. Oh, really? I really do. Really? I really do. I like Green Bay. Obviously, Jordan Love has built up a, a, a resume and, and of success throughout the season. That interception he threw late in the Broncos game, I said, he's, he's going to learn from that, and he's going to be better from that, and he has been better really since that point, and the Green Bay offense has been better since that loss to the Broncos. As good as Green Bay has been playing, Dallas is a better team, and I think Dallas has the right makeup this year. But if they lose this game, yes, Dallas, yes, Jerry Jones oh. fires Mike McCarthy yeah. and brings in Bill Belichick. Wow. Boom. Boom. That makes so much sense. Does it not? Yes, it does. That actually is perfect wow wow that actually makes unbelievable sense yes you know what i think mike mccarthy uh should be fired if he can't win i really like um i love george carl love george carl as a person and as a coach the problem was when you go to the playoffs every year and he went to the playoffs every year but only once out of nine straight years did he get past the first round so it's just like, wow, man, we're just stuck someplace. So it's like, you're not a bad coach. Definitely. You don't go to the playoffs every year and you're a bad coach. But there are there are humps. You know, there's layers that you have to get through. And like, John Fox is one of my favorite guys. A favorite guys. And I wish he was a championship level winning coach. But as it turns out, he was a championship level getting to coach with the Panthers and the Broncos. And there was just, sadly, because I love the dude, just something missing. Just that last, Chad, final widget, that last piece of the puzzle. And it's so hard to be so good to get to that level, period. So you get, I have nothing but respect for Mike McCarthy, but 
you got to you got to win at some point at that level or you got to go. It's as simple as that. Um, and that, that's just the high standards of of that business. Kind of weird, right? Because there's no guarantee the next guy has that secret sauce. But in general, if you have a team that good, there probably are small coaching things that do make the difference. You're, you're probably right about that. Ooh, that's a fun one to keep your eyes on. Are you rooting for that chaos then? Would you like to see Bella cheat in Dallas? Uh, I'm not rooting necessarily for the chaos. I, I think that I want the Cowboys to win, and I think the Cowboys win. So I guess I'm not rooting for that chaos. But I just know the relationship between Belichick and Jerry Jones. Obviously, Belichick being a Parcells guy. Parcells was a, a Jerry Jones guy. The, yep. the, the writing's on the wall here. Yep. If Mike McCarthy cannot get it done while they're in this Dak Prescott Super Bowl window, why not bring in the guy with more Lombardi trophies than anybody else in Dude. history to get your team over the hump? That is that's a good one. Um, Los Angeles at Detroit. That's this is a juicy. This is a fun one, man. Yes, yeah, with good uh, one. Stafford and Goff, and um, this is a really fun game. It's on uh, Sunday night on NBC. Boy, uh, what what you feeling on on this? Who you got? Who you want? Uh, the Rams have won seven of their last eight. They are as hot as any team heading into the playoffs. Uh, Detroit started the season hot, as we all know, and then kind of petered out to the end. The Broncos' win was their biggest win of the last five or six weeks. Um, so they were a bit uneven there to finish the season. I've got the Rams in this one, although I want Detroit to win. I, I just love what Dan Campbell brings. And while we were talking about Antonio Pierce and D'Amico Ryans and, and Jared Mayo, uh, Dan Campbell, also a former player, also a guy who's quite relatable, who's not so far removed from the player mentality. Of course, he's white. Um, but there's there's something to be said for these former players and their ability to connect to the room. While they may not be schematic geniuses, I don't think any of these guys are, although they do have a lot to say about Ger uh, Gerard Mayo. I don't think any of these coaches who we were just talking about here can get up on a whiteboard and out-duel some super sharp guy who's been a coach's son and been grinding as a quality control guy for 30 years and understands every single defense or offense. They bring something special and they bring something relatable. So I just love that. Dan Campbell's story is playing out and being successful. All right. Um, I think Detroit wins, uh, and I want them to win. That being said, I think when you look back at the Stafford uh, golf trade, I think it's one of those really wild win-win for everybody. Really, seriously. I think it's it, it was the best deal. Stafford had to move on. He wins the Super Bowl, bounces back. Detroit sort of needed to move on. They got their guy, resuscitated Goff's career. And Goff's no, you know, Goff's now a multiple time starter for playoff teams and a Super Bowl team. So Jared Goff is a high quality quarterback. Okay. Period. The end that that debate can be put to bed. He's done it on multiple teams. Um, so that's that I, I get, I get sick of oh bust. He's a bust. This bust, that bust. I mean, you go to the Super Bowl and take a team to the playoffs, Chad, you're, you're not a fucking bust. Okay. You know, th there's something about you. That's good. Um, and, and then you get to the playoffs Chad, and you meet other good teams. That's why I think one of the stupidest metrics to measure quarterbacks is winning the Super Bowl because only 4% of quarterbacks ever drafted in any round ever, Chad have won a Super Bowl. It's a dumb metric to get to. Once you get to this level, man, these teams are good. They're all good. Really? Everybody's good. And, and the, the, the parody in the NFL even that Pittsburgh Buffalo game, like I don't, I'm not snoozing on the Steelers. I don't think there's an easy game in any of these, you know. And that's what makes it. This is such a fun weekend. 
I mean, this weekend is really hard to top chat, isn't it? You know, because it's just constant pressure, elimination football games. It's bananas. And I, I love it that there's Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday night. And we'll wrap up with this. Uh, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay has any season fallen apart more than the Philadelphia Eagles for a team that looks so good in the beginning. We always see teams fall apart late, um, but a team that had all the promise that the Eagles had early, not quite this epic. Um, and so what's going on there? Today. Why? Huh? Why? Why is it just such a disaster there? I, I think you, you lose a couple in a row. Um, they had some injuries. Um, Jalen Hurts was banged up, has been banged up. Now he's got the finger injury. So he hasn't thrown a ball all week oh. trying to let his finger rest. So they've had some injuries on lots of sides of the ball. Their defense has collapsed. They've changed defensive play callers. Matt Patricia is now calling defensive plays. So they've gone through a change, which you know is going to take some time to – yes, there you go. You need a pencil, actually, not a pen to do that, oh, to, to get that up to speed. So there's just so many moving parts there. And I think within the locker room, at some point, you start to press and you start trying to hit grand slams. Last time I checked, there ain't no grand slams in football. It's one play at a time. And if you're pressing and you're trying to do something bigger than win one single play, the results end up where you're like the Eagles, where you lose, what, five of their last six? Yep. And in some of those games, they weren't even really competitive. Uh, I think the Eagles are a better football team than Tampa Bay. I don't think you can find anybody who say they're not. But are they playing better? No, they're not. Can they get it up for this week and beat Tampa Bay? I got the Eagles in this one. Um, although I oh. want Tampa Bay to win, I think Philadelphia will win this one. I love I love Philadelphia, too. I love Jalen Hurts. And uh, I like uh, that Kelsey brother better than the other Kelsey brother because I just like to be different. Um, but that being said, <laughs> that being said, I think Tampa actually wins this. I just think there's something with momentum. I think um, the mojo is with the, the Bucks. Baker Mayfield has been playing lights out. He's, I mean... I think Tampa just kind of rolls here, but, but Hey man, it's all fun. This is one of the best NFL weekends period. Yep. I love it from top to bottom. Can't wait to watch every single game and Chadwick. We will get back to it on, on Monday on kill you with truth. Have a great weekend, my friends. See you buddy.